Today, David's rebellious son Absalom goes out on a limb and fights against his father, but ends up hanging out with the wrong crowd. Yep, those are dad jokes. It's 2 Samuel chapters 18 through 20 and Psalm 83 here on Commuter Bible. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible reading plan to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. On our last episode, we followed the trajectory of David's son, Absalom, a handsome young man who had won the hearts of Israel by deception, telling those who came to King David that the king had no time for them. Absalom devises a coup to overthrow David, but his father catches wind of the plot and flees before he arrives. Today, David's men prepare for battle and meet the forces of Absalom's Israelite troops. The forest itself claims more lives than the sword, and Absalom meets his end at the hands of Joab. Later, David is restored as king, but not without personal turmoil. 2 Samuel chapters 18 through 20. David reviewed his troops and appointed commanders of thousands and of hundreds over them. He then sent out the troops, a third under Joab, a third under Joab's brother Abishai, son of Zeruiah, and a third under Ittai of Gath. The king said to the troops, I also must march out with you. You must not go, the people pleaded. If we have to flee, they will not pay any attention to us. Even if half of us die, they will not pay any attention to us because you are worth 10,000 of us. Therefore, it is better if you support us from the city. I will do whatever you think is best, the king replied to them. So he stood beside the city gate while all the troops marched out by hundreds and thousands. The king commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai. Treat the young man Absalom gently, for my sake. All the people heard the king's orders to all the commanders about Absalom. Then David's forces marched into the field to engage Israel in battle, which took place in the forest of Ephraim. Israel's army was defeated by David's soldiers, and the slaughter there was vast that day. 20,000 dead. The battle spread over the entire area. And that day, the forest claimed more people than the sword. Absalom was riding on his mule when he happened to meet David's soldiers. When the mule went under the tangled branches of a large oak tree, Absalom's head was caught fast in the tree. The mule under him kept going, so he was suspended in midair. One of the men saw him and informed Joab. He said, I just saw Absalom hanging in an oak tree. You just saw him? Joab exclaimed. Why didn't you strike him to the ground right there? I would have given you ten silver pieces and a belt. The man replied to Joab, Even if I had the weight of a thousand pieces of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For we heard the king command you... Abishai and Atai, protect the young man Absalom for me. If I had jeopardized my own life and nothing is hidden from the king, you would have abandoned me. Joab said, 
I'm not going to waste my time with you. He then took three spears in his hand and thrust them into Absalom's chest. While Absalom was still alive in the oak tree, ten young men who were Joab's armor-bearers surrounded Absalom, struck him, and killed him. Joab blew the ram's horn, and the troops broke off their pursuit of Israel because Joab restrained them. They took Absalom, threw him into a large pit in the forest, and raised up a huge mound of stones over him. And all Israel fled, each to his own tent. When he was alive, Absalom had taken a pillar and raised it up for himself in the king's valley, since he thought, I have no son to preserve the memory of my name. So he named the pillar after himself. It is called Absalom's Monument today. Ahimez son of Zadok said, Please let me run and tell the king the good news that the Lord has vindicated him by freeing him from his enemies. Joab replied to him, You are not the man to take good news today. You may do it another day, but today... You aren't taking good news because the king's son is dead. Joab then said to a Cushite, Go tell the king what you have seen. The Cushite bowed to Joab and took off running. However, Ahimez, son of Zadok, persisted and said to Joab, No matter what, please, let me also run behind the Cushite. Joab replied, My son, why do you want to run since you won't get a reward? No matter what, I want to run. Then run, Joab said to him. So Ahimez ran by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. David was sitting between the city gates when the watchman went up to the roof of the city gate and over to the wall. The watchman looked out and saw a man running alone. He called out and told the king. The king said, If he's alone, he bears good news. As the first runner came closer, the watchman saw another man running. He called out to the gatekeeper. Look, another man is running alone. This one also brings good news, said the king. The watchman said, The way the first man runs looks to me like the way Ahimez, son of Zadok, runs. This is a good man. He comes with good news, the king commented. Ahimez called out to the king. All is well! And paid homage to the king with his face to the ground. He continued. Blessed be the Lord your God. He delivered up the men who rebelled against my lord the king. The king asked, Is the young man Absalom all right? Ahimez replied, When Joab sent the king's servant and your servant, I saw a big disturbance, but I don't know what it was. The king said, Move aside and stand here. So he stood to one side. Just then the Cushite came and said, May my lord the king hear the good news. The Lord has vindicated you today by freeing you from all who rise against you. 
the king asked the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom all right? The Cushite replied, I wish that the enemies of my lord the king, along with all who rise up against you with evil intent, would become like that young man. The king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber above the city gate and wept. As he walked, he cried, My son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you, Absalom, my son, my son. It was reported to Joab, The king is weeping. He's mourning over Absalom. That day's victory was turned into mourning for all the troops, because on that day the troops heard, The king is grieving over his son. So they returned to the city quietly that day, like troops come in when they are humiliated after fleeing in battle. But the king covered his face, and cried loudly, My son Absalom! Absalom, my son! My son! Then Joab went into the house to the king and said, Today you have shamed all your soldiers, those who saved your life as well as your sons, your wives, and your concubines, by loving your enemies and hating those who love you. Today you have made it clear that the commanders and soldiers mean nothing to you. In fact, today I know that if Absalom were alive and all of us were dead, it would be fine with you. Now get up. Go out and encourage your soldiers. For I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a man will remain with you tonight. This will be worse for you than all the trouble that has come to you from your youth until now. So the king got up and sat in the city gate, and all the people were told, Look, the king is sitting in the city gate. Then they all came into the king's presence. Meanwhile, each Israelite had fled to his tent. People throughout all the tribes of Israel were arguing among themselves, saying, The king rescued us from the grasp of our enemies, and he saved us from the grasp of the Philistines. But now he has fled from the land because of Absalom. But Absalom, the man we anointed over us, has died in battle. So why do you say nothing about restoring the king 
David sent word to the priests Zadok and Abiathar. Say to the elders of Judah, Why should you be the last to restore the king to his palace? The talk of all Israel has reached the king at his house. You are my brothers, my flesh and blood. So why should you be the last to restore the king? And tell Amasa, Aren't you my flesh and blood? May God punish me and do so severely if you don't become commander of my army from now on instead of Joab. So he won over all the men of Judah, and they unanimously sent word to the king, Come back, you and all your servants. Then the king returned. When he arrived at the Jordan, Judah came to Gilgal to meet the king and escort him across the Jordan. Shimei, son of Gera, the Benjaminite from Baharim, hurried down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There were a thousand men from Benjamin with him. Ziba, an attendant from the house of Saul, with his fifteen sons and twenty servants, also rushed down to the Jordan ahead of the king. They forded the Jordan to bring the king's household across and do whatever the king desired. When Shimei, son of Gera, crossed the Jordan. He fell face down before the king and said to him, My lord, don't hold me guilty, and don't remember your servant's wrongdoing on the day my lord the king left to Jerusalem. May the king not take it to heart, for your servant knows that I have sinned. But look, today I am the first one of the entire household of Joseph to come down to meet my lord the king. Abishai, son of Zeruiah, asked, Shouldn't Shimei be put to death for this, because he cursed the Lord's anointed? David answered, Sons of Zeruiah, do we agree on anything? Have you become my adversary today? Should any man be killed in Israel today? Am I not aware that today I'm king over Israel? So the king said to Shimei, You will not die. Then the king gave him his oath. Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, also went down to meet the king. He had not taken care of his feet, trimmed his mustache, or washed his clothes from the day the king left until the day he returned safely. When he came from Jerusalem to meet the king, the king asked him, Mephibosheth, why didn't you come with me? My lord the king, he replied, my servant Ziba betrayed me. Actually, your servant said, I'll saddle the donkey for myself so that I may ride it and go with the king, for your servant is lame. Ziba slandered your servant to my lord the king, But my lord the king is like the angel of God. So do whatever you think is best. For my grandfather's entire family deserves death from my lord the king. But you set your servant among those who eat at your table. So what further right do I have to keep on making appeals to the king? The king said to him, Why keep on speaking about these matters of yours? I hereby declare, you 
and Zeba are to divide the land. Mephibosheth said to the king, Instead, since my lord the king has come to his palace safely, let Zeba take it all. Barzillai the Gileadite had come down from Rogalim and accompanied the king to the Jordan River to see him off at the Jordan. Barzillai was a very old man, eighty years old, and since he was a very wealthy man, he had provided for the needs of the king since he stayed in Mahanaim. The king said to Barzillai, Cross over with me, and I'll provide for you at my side in Jerusalem. Barzillai replied to the king, How many years of my life are left that I should go up to Jerusalem with the king? I am now eighty years old. Can I discern what is pleasant and what is not? Can your servant taste what he eats or drinks? Can I still hear the voice of male and female singers? Why should your servant be an added burden to my lord the king? Since your servant is only going with the king a little way across the Jordan, why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please, let your servant return, so that I may die in my own city near the tomb of my father and mother. But here is your servant, Kimhem. Let him cross over with my lord the king. Do for him what seems good to you. The king replied, Kimhem will cross over with me, and I will do for him what seems good to you, and whatever you desire from me, I will do for you. So all the people crossed the Jordan, and then the king crossed. The king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and Barzillai returned to his home. The king went on to Gilgal, and Kimham went with him. All the troops of Judah and half of Israel's escorted the king. Suddenly all the men of Israel came to the king. They asked him, Why did our brothers, the men of Judah, take you away secretly and transport the king and his household across the Jordan, along with all of David's men? All the men of Judah responded to the men of Israel. Because the king is our relative. Why does this make you angry? Have we ever eaten anything of the king's or been honored at all? The men of Israel answered the men of Judah. We have ten shares in the king. So we have a greater claim to David than you. Why then do you despise us? Weren't we the first to speak of restoring our king? But the words of the men of Judah were harsher than those of the men of Israel. 
Now a wicked man, a Benjaminite named Sheba, son of Bichri, happened to be there. He blew the ram's horn and shouted, We have no portion in David, no inheritance in Jesse's son. Each man to his tent, Israel. So all the men of Israel deserted David and followed Sheba, son of Bichri. But the men of Judah from the Jordan all the way to Jerusalem remained loyal to their king. When David came to his palace in Jerusalem, he took the ten concubines he had left to take care of the palace and placed them under guard. He provided for them, but he was not intimate with them. They were confined until the day of their death, living as widows. The king said to Amasa, Summon the men of Judah to me within three days, and be here yourself. Amasa went to summon Judah, but he took longer than the time allotted him. So David said to Abishai, Sheba son of Bichri will do more harm to us than Absalom. Take your lord's soldiers and pursue him, or he will find fortified cities and elude us. So Joab's men, the Cherethites, the Pelethites, and all the warriors marched out under Abishai's command. They left Jerusalem to pursue Sheba, son of Bichri. They were at the great stone in Gibeon when Amasa joined them. Joab was wearing his uniform, and over it was a belt around his waist, with a sword in its sheath. As he approached, the sword fell out. Joab asked Amasa, Are you well, my brother? Then with his right hand, Joab grabbed Amasa by the beard to kiss him, Amasa was not on guard against the sword in Joab's hand, and Joab stabbed him in the stomach with it and spilled his intestines out on the ground. Joab did not stab him again, and Amasa died. Joab and his brother Abishai pursued Sheba, son of Bichri. One of Joab's young men had stood over Amasa, saying, Whoever favors Joab and whoever is for David, follow Joab. Now Amasa had been writhing in his blood in the middle of the highway, and the men had seen that all the troops stopped. So he moved Amasa from the highway to the field and threw a garment over him, because he realized that all of those who encountered Amasa were stopping. When he was removed from the highway, all the men passed by and followed Joab to pursue Sheba, son of Bichri. Sheba passed through all the tribes of Israel to Abel of Bethmecha. All the Barites came together and followed him. Joab's troops came and besieged Sheba and Abel of Bethmecha. They built a siege ramp against the outer wall of the city. While all the troops with Joab were battering the wall to make it collapse, a wise woman called out from the city, Listen! Listen! Please! Tell Joab to come here and let me speak with him. When he had come near, the woman asked, Are you Joab? I am, he replied. Listen to the words of your servant, she said to him. He answered, I'm listening, she said. In the past, they used to say, Seek counsel in Abel. And that's how they settled disputes. I am one of the peaceful and faithful in Israel, 
but you're trying to destroy a city that is like a mother in Israel. Why would you devour the Lord's inheritance? Joab protested, Never. I would never devour or demolish. That is not the case. There is a man named Sheba, son of Bichri, from the hill country of Ephraim, who has rebelled against King David. Deliver this one man, and I will withdraw from the city. The woman replied to Joab, Watch, his head will be thrown over the wall to you. The woman went to all the people with her wise counsel, and they cut off the head of Sheba, son of Bichri, and threw it to Joab. So he blew the ram's horn, and they dispersed from the city, each to his own tent. Joab returned to the king in Jerusalem. Joab commanded the whole army of Israel. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was over the Cherethites and Pelethites. Adoram was over forced labor. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was court Asorian. Shiva was court secretary. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. And, in addition, Ira the Jerite was David's priest. Psalm 83 God, do not keep silent. Do not be deaf, God. Do not be quiet. See how your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you have acted arrogantly. They devise clever schemes against your people. They conspire against your treasured ones. They say, Come, let's wipe them out as a nation so that Israel's name will no longer be remembered. For they have conspired with one mind. They form an alliance against you. The tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gebel, Ammon and Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre. Even Assyria has joined them. They lend support to the sons of Lot, Deal with them as you did with Midian, as you did with Sisera and Jabin at the Kishon River. They were destroyed at Endor. They became manure for the ground. Make their nobles like Oreb and Zeb, and all their tribal leaders like Zeba and Zalmunna, who said, Let's seize God's pastures for ourselves. Make them like tumbleweed, my God like straw before the wind. As a fire burns a forest, as a flame blazes through mountains, so pursue them with your tempest and terrify them with your storm. Cover their faces with shame so that they will seek your name, Lord. Let them be put to shame and terrified forever. Let them perish in disgrace. May they know that you alone whose name is the Lord, are the most high over the whole earth. Psalm 1830 says, God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is pure. But I can assure you that John Ross is incredibly imperfect and his readings may have a slip up every now and again. So enough with the third person. Just want to say thank you to all those who have reached out in the past. 
when I've misspoken or said the wrong word. Sometimes it's something simple like I'll say Paul instead of Saul. If you ever catch anything like that, just let me know. I would love to fix it. And thanks in advance. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Caitlin Pridgen, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night.